Did you know that twice a year I hold a one-day interactive virtual conference to help leaders become better bosses? We call it the Boss Better Virtual Summit, and the only way to get tickets to these events is to be a subscriber to our Boss Better email newsletter. Just text the word Boss Hero to 66866 to get signed up and be the first to know when dates are announced. That's Boss Hero, all one word, to 66866. Or you can visit bossbetternow.com to subscribe. Now let's get to the podcast. There are a handful of meetings and events that the best bosses place on their calendar each year. Are they on yours? Plus, I share a simple three-question exercise that draws out your team's ideas, opinions, and perspective in a way that's fast, fun, and low risk. It's coming up now on Boss Better Now. You're listening to Boss Better Now. Please welcome speaker, author, and dry erase fanatic, Joe Mall. Hello again, boss heroes, and welcome back to the podcast that aspires to lift you up, encourage you, help you lead, and if possible, coax out a smile from time to time. Please welcome my co-host, professional coach, Alyssa Mullet. Hello, my friend. Hello. How are you? It looks so radiant, sunshiny. The aura of you is just streaming out of you like the dry erase magic <laughs> that you use. <laughs> We've talked about reaches and stretches before. I'm not sure. That that might be one. But thank you. I I, I do try to shower and take good care of my aura <laughs> every day. And yes, I am a dry erase fanatic. I have talked on, on the show before about the the six foot wide dry erase board in my office that I use every day for like sorting ideas and writing content and running meetings. And, um, you know, my, my team knows I, I say I'm going to the whiteboard and you know, I have witnessed event. this magic. I mean, color coded <laughs> on a calendar dry erase. It was, it was a thing of beauty. That's why I said, I compared your radiance to that of the colorfulness of your dry erase. Ah, magic. Okay. All right. Well, Hey, people who know, know people who are dry erase fanatics understand that, you know, it provides a level of flexibility that you don't get with just pen and paper, right? You write something down on you paper, can. that's it. You're committed. I mean, unless you have an eraser. That's a lot of work. <laughs> so much work. So much. <laughs> I don't think I told you that maybe one of my favorite holiday gifts that I got was from Jamie, who is the producer of our podcast here. And um, she knows my affinity for dry erase boards. And she also knows I love a good dad joke. And so she got me a mug with mar- dry erase markers on it that says, whiteboards are remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's great. It's perfect. And it's perfect for me. I love it. Thanks, Jamie. She is the best. Well, speaking of, you know, our auras and starting the new year off right, we are starting our show this week with a question we got from a loyal listener named Michaela. Here it is. I love to proactively prepare, and I am working on scheduling important meetings for the year ahead. What do you feel are the most important things to put on my calendar to be the best boss I can be in 2022? I love Michaela's question. 
I'm so yeah. I, I, I'm I, first of all, let me just take a moment to praise Michaela's proactiveness. Right, right. I love the way she's thinking about this. We all know leaders are busy. We know that time gets away from us. And if we don't protect time in our calendar for the things that are important, if we don't take a moment from time to time to step back in a macro kind of 30,000-foot view way, then we'll just end up getting sort of caught up in the the wave of things that we have to do day to day and week to week. And so I love the way that you're thinking about this, Michaela. Way to go. Um, what were the first things that sprang to mind for you, Alyssa, about what she needs to lock in on her calendar right now? Uh, my, my pen was at the ready. I, I was waiting for the genius of, of you because I know you have a litany of things that are going to set our listeners up for success. My only real contribution to the gems that I know you're going to add <laughs> is, <laughs> is this. Make time for you. Mm-hmm. You, the leader, need to check in with you, the person. Schedule that. Put mm-hmm. you on your calendar. Check in with yourself. Yeah. Whether that's quarterly or each month, make the time to prioritize, are your needs being met? Are you reaching the kinds of um, contributions that you want to be making to the work uh atmosphere? Are you interacting in the way that you feel is the most authentic for your leadership style, to your values? Those are the kinds of things that I mm. I would really encourage folks to set aside time for themselves to evaluate. And maybe that is the routine of of journaling or meditating in in your mornings uh, or on the weekends. You know, that can take a lot of different forms. I think that goes back to some of the conversation we had a few episodes ago about, you know, creating habits and routines for the new year mm-hmm. that serve us well rather than getting caught up in what resolutions there are. Uh, and that is actually on my list, Alyssa, in a way, was was what are the things that you're doing for yourself to make sure that your Energy is as good as it can be that your um, your self-talk and the ways that you're thinking about who you are and how you want to show up are things that you continually check in on. So absolutely, let's let's put a check mark by that one. Um, oh, and by the way, you used words like genius and gems for what I'm about to say, Alyssa. So I'd like to thank you for significantly raising the expectations for whatever I'm about to suggest. <laughs> I like to put the bar up there. You need it every time. <laughs> Uh, well, I think if you've been listening to the podcast for a while or you've been you know, following me or read any of the books, then one of the the drums that I beat a lot is uh, how important recurring one-on-one meetings are with direct reports, where we set time aside to connect individually with the people that are in our charge. And so that's the very first thing, Michaela, that I would suggest you make sure are on your calendar. Now, for the folks who are listening to this, the, the different nature of different kinds of work and workplaces might make these look you know, very different one boss from another, right? You may have an entirely remote team and you're doing virtual check-ins. Um, you may be doing uh, work in a clinical environment where you don't necessarily have a lot of time to sit down one-on-one with medical assistants or front desk staff, um, or maybe you're the manager of a grocery store, and one-on-ones are actually just conversations in the hallway. Uh, so re- recurring one-on-ones look and feel very different depending on your environment. 
What I want to encourage you to be thinking about, regardless of what your environment is, is where am I being intentional about talking privately with the people that I supervise to help create the conditions for them to thrive? So we talk about a lot on this show and about all the things that leaders need to do to to do just that, to to help people thrive. Uh, We talk about how important it is to align their talents and gifts with the work that they have, to to coach them conversationally when they have questions or struggles, to seek their input, to advocate for their career, to demonstrate that you care about them as a person, and to just make a connection and build trust. And so none of that happens by just saying hi as you walk past each other, or it doesn't happen often in a text message or an email. We have to sit down and intentionally make time for that. And so as a general guideline, one way to think about this is block out 20 to 30 minutes every other month for each direct report. So that's six times a year. Uh, And if you have 20 direct reports. I did the math on this ahead of time because I knew I was going to be suggesting this. If you have 20 direct reports and you meet with them for 30 minutes every other month, that's less than 3% of your time in a year. So the return on investment for that cannot be overstated. I know you did recurring one-on-ones with direct reports, Alyssa. How valuable were they for you and how important were they in terms of planning your schedule? Oh, For me, as a leader and as a just a human, that's what fueled me. It wasn't the actual work. <laughs> Sorry for all of my past employers. Eeks. It, it, it was that relationship that I got to build and connect with um, and nurture. Uh, that was what fueled me and gave me fulfillment and purpose Mm -hmm. as a professional period end of story so i i I, while i appreciate the math and i think that that's imperative to mention um because whenever you think about oh you know 20 minutes oh oh my god i don't have time yeah Yeah. there's the myth of oh that i don't have time and it is it's a it's an absolute falsehood yeah so i i really appreciate the math the return on investment is not just an output. It's an input for yourself as well. So you have Great to point. think about it as uh, both sides of that coin. Uh, it really can fill you up if you treat it as something of an opportunity to do that rather than an expenditure of your time. I think that there's also a balance that we have to strike continually uh, as leaders. You have this thought pattern of like not meeting just for meeting's sake, right? But when you mentioned intentionality, the intention of those one-on-ones isn't just let's go down through this performance evaluation, which again, is is also part of this strategy that we can use when we approach those meetings to say, these are the things that we're going to hit. How are you making progress on these things? You can take notes. So you're setting yourself up for success whenever that performance evaluation time comes. But the intention overall should be that connection. Mm -hmm that intentionality of 
communicating and building relationship. Yeah. So in that regard, it is never a meeting just for the meeting's sake. There is the intention of continuing and connecting and building that relationship. And and if we only spend time doing a kind of housekeeping or project updates or just only talking about the the work or do you have any questions and what's your update? Like it, it can't just be a transactional thing. It needs to be yeah. um, a little bit. And that's why I use kind of macro versus micro. Right. Because that's the micro. Mm-hmm. What, what What's going on? What are you struggling with? What do you need? You know, and, and you should do that. That's important. But have some macro in mind as well, where you're asking about their uh, upcoming summer plans and that you're asking about, you know, conferences or other things that might be interesting to their professional development, uh, where you are giving voice to things that you notice that they do well and and exploring their interest about potentially doing more of that. So absolutely. And that that all requires that intentionality that you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, goodness, you can even use some of our camaraderie questions of the week. You know, if you haven't had the opportunity to use some of those in a group setting, one-on-ones are an awesome way to really build those connections. And we've given you a plethora of options to use to make that connection deeper. On a list of words that I would label as favorite words, plethora is near the top of the list for me. I think I've actually said that on the show before. So... I love the plethora placement there. <laughs> Nicely done. Well, Michaela, I have a couple other kinds of appointments I want to make sure that that we put on your radar for you to potentially put on your calendar and for anybody else listening too. I think that intentionality that you're talking about, Alyssa, is part of this, is that what do I need to be intentional about protecting time for? So we talked about recurring one-on-ones. We also know how important it is to create a sense of belonging and connection across the team. And so planning time to bring the team together in a couple of different ways is really important. So are you pulling your team together periodically for meetings so that you can share information with them and mind them for their collective input on things? Uh, Or maybe those are just periodic huddles, depending on your work environment. Are you making time, as we talked about in a recent episode, maybe once or twice a year for a team retreat? where you do some of these more kinds of macro, big picture, team building, connecting to mission and purpose, soliciting ideas, opinions, and challenges, uh, rather than just being caught up and consumed by the day-to-day work. So protecting time, scheduling the time to bring the team together, I think is, is really important as well. The other thing on my list is time for you to be visible, Michaela, where, uh, It's easy to get caught up in all of the administrative demands of your job as a leader sometimes. You're probably having to read things and respond to emails, and maybe you're creating schedules. There's a lot of things that could plant you in your seat at a computer all day long. And if that's the nature of your job, fair enough. But if there are ways and times for you to get out of that chair and to go be out on the floor or with the people where you're sharing in some of the work or you're doing some rounding where you're you're actually going from location to location or group to group to solicit input and or just to express appreciation, right? Just to say, hey, it's really important to me that you hear me stand in front of you and tell you how grateful I am for all that you've been doing here, for example. And so that way, it's not just a generic bit of praise, but you can specifically affirm what a team or an individual has done. 
blocking that time to be visible, to work in the trenches, or to do rounding, or to visit locations is key. I see you nodding and noting about this, Alyssa. You agree? Yeah, I do agree. I I want to add something uh, for our folks that are still in the remote, mm-hmm. consistent um, situation um, is an invitation where it's not like, okay, you have to report to this meeting on Zoom or whatever it is, right, um, on Teams. Rather, it's an invitation for a group work session, right? So everybody can be on mute or you can have an open mic, depending on what your environment is and what you're comfortable with. You as the leader hopefully can set yourself up for that time for your mic to be open, that you can answer any questions anybody has. But the the idea behind this is that you're trying to create a community, a work environment, a group environment in the face of this outstanding remoteness Mm -hmm. that is your current situation. Uh, An invitation to Voxer. I've gotten all kinds of uh, fun uh, community invitations where it's, hey, just, you know, let's hang out on, you know, Zoom or let's hang out on Voxer, just a working session. Everybody's doing their own thing, but you're available. You're there. Your face is present. There's, you know, this whole presence of you Mm -hmm. that isn't tangible in any other kind of way. So an invitation to think outside of, you know, physically having to make that happen. Yeah. And here's another, excuse me, here's another tip for our remote workers. Uh, And, you know, credit to a friend of mine who uh, on the New Year's holiday I was spending some time with and we were talking about his work. And I said, how's it going? Because he works remote. And he made a really interesting observation. He talked about being exhausted and burned out. He said, because everything is a Zoom or Teams meeting. He mm-hmm. said, I really miss the phone, just participating via phone. Because he talked about, he has a lot of nervous energy. He says, I like to walk. He said, I'm I, in my home office. I like to get up and walk around my office. Or maybe I walk slowly on the treadmill. Or, you know, But in a video setting, I've got to use the microphone on my computer, and I have to sit in that chair. Whereas if I was on the phone, like I could put my AirPods in or my headset on, and I'm not tied to the chair. Mm-hmm. Plus the amount of kind of performative management that people have to do when they're on video is is zaps our energy. And so maybe instead of asking people to participate via Teams or via Zoom or whatever video conferencing platform you're using, you go old school. You can do a teleconference meeting using the Zoom phone number, right? The meeting numbers that you, yeah. you call into. You can still use Zoom, but just do audio only and don't make people get tied to their desk. I thought that was a really interesting insight from him when we were talking about that. Great point. Yeah, that's excellent. Old school. I love it. Old school. Just a phone call, right? Who would have thought? Um, Well, one more thing for you here, Michaela. One more kind of time that I would encourage you to protect in the year ahead. Uh, And that is time that you need for your own professional development. Um, Now, Alyssa talked about this a little bit at the top and about checking in with yourself. But I'm also talking about you getting to connect with other leaders and other industry professionals. So are there conferences that you want to go to? Are there is there training or associations that you 
want to be a part of? Is there a reading that you want to do? Is there a favorite podcast that you want to make sure you make time for every week? <laughs> One of the other things, too, that I have spent a lot of time bringing up to other organizations in the past year or two is how important it is for managers to gather with other managers. The Gallup organization who studies employee engagement actually found that the most influential factor, the most common factor, excuse me, the most common factor among managers who were rated most effective by their teams was that they spend time with other managers, that managers have a peer group that they share time with. Because think about what's happening in that shared time. They're debriefing, they're conferring, they're sharing ideas, they're discussing their struggles, right? There's a kind of group therapy, group coaching hybrid that happens when you allow managers to gather with other managers if you make time for it. So, you know, I've found myself telling organizations that if they want to support managers, they don't even have often have to invest in really complex training programs. Sometimes the most important resource isn't money, it's time. It's let's just bring these folks together every once in a while and give them a chance to to unload, share, and help each other out and talk. I I think you just hit it all on the head to say the most important investment sometimes is not money, it's time. Right. Well right. said. Well said. So there you go, Michaela. Just to recap really quickly, those recurring one-on-one -on -one meetings, time to pull your team together as a group, a time for you to be visible to your teams, time for your own professional development and uh, mental health. So good luck with that. Let us know how it goes. Uh, and you know, we also want to hear from everybody else who's listening. Uh, what are the other things that you're doing to protect time? What kinds of time are you protecting in the year ahead? Shoot us an email to bossbetternow at gmail.com or drop a comment in the box below the video if you're watching online. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, you know this by now, our show is shaped by your questions. So you can send us a question as well to bossbetternow at gmail.com. And we come once again, Alyssa, now to the camaraderie question of the week. Bosses build camaraderie on teams by making it easier for people to find things in common with each other. That's why every week here on our show, we give you a question that you can use at meetings to facilitate connection and build camaraderie. In fact, if you're protecting time in your calendar for gathering your team together, dropping a camaraderie question of the week into those meetings from time to time can be a fun way to build those connections. And so our question this week, Alyssa, is brought to you by my son, Miles. So oh, when, we, when we do bedtime, we will kind of talk about whatever he wants to talk about. I'll sit on his bed with him or sometimes I'm laying there with him. And he asked me this question and I don't remember where it came from. I don't remember if it just came out of his own head or if he mentioned it. He got it at school, but I immediately loved it and thought, man, great question. And he said, what is something that you're bad at, but you enjoy doing anyway? Oh, isn't that, isn't that a great best? question? Oh. That's the best. I like that kid. Yeah, I think uh, he used the word like. He might have said, what is something you're bad at but like doing anyway? Yeah. Uh, for me, it is anything to do with athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pick a sport. I am not good. Not good at it uh, at all. But I enjoy trying. And I yeah. have enough competitiveness in me 
to try anything just so that I could maybe one time beat someone else. (laughs) Does that happen ever? Uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) not that I can ever remember, but I'll keep trying. Is there a particular kind of, to use your word, athleticism that you (laughs) enjoy more than others? Uh, no, uh, Truly, like right now, the only thing that I'm consistently into is strength training, so weights and that kind of stuff. So I do enjoy challenging myself to see, you know, what my body can actually do. Um, But like we were out playing baseball, unseasonably warm weather we were having uh, last night. And um, when I say baseball, I mean really like wiffle ball. With our, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, you know, I was, I was striking out in a game that didn't have (laughs) a number of pitches that you could actually, it was just, (laughs) you, you tried to hit until we didn't have enough, any more balls left. And, Mm -hmm. but the, the few times that I connected with it, I felt extreme and utter joy. That's and awesome. my kid was like, yeah, <laughs> he was running the bases for me. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> Usually it's the mom encouraging the kid. But when it comes to sports, your kid is encouraging the mom. That's great. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My kid's on my side with that. So <laughs> how about you? Uh, I'm, I'm with you on some of the sports stuff. I've always enjoyed playing basketball, but I am terrible at basketball. Like if you watched me play basketball, you'd be like, boy, boy, that guy's got skills in a lot of things, but that ain't one of them. Boy. Um, but I enjoy it. Like, I, I, you know, we have a, a hoop in our driveway and and we'll go out and, you know, shoot around a little bit. And I've always enjoyed playing basketball. And you reminded me of that in talking about the athleticism. Uh, but the answer I brought today, knowing we were going to discuss this question, is chess. Oh. I enjoy I chess, but I am not good at it. Have you, have you played chess? No, I do checkers. I am uh-huh. not intellectual enough i think (laughs) (laughs) i've never learned i never have learned nor been inspired to learn chess so okay yeah so with chess if if listeners aren't familiar you know you've got a a whole set of different kinds of pieces you've got a king you've got a queen you've got bishops knights rooks and pawns and they all move differently on the board and i think that's why i think it's a fun and interesting game but the key to chess is being able to see three four five sometimes even ten moves ahead and anticipate what your opponent's going to do and to figure out how to box them in so that you can checkmate the person right which is to capture their king and the whole think three four five moves ahead and to see all that on the board i don't i don't see it i i just have never had the gift for that i can maybe think two moves ahead but that's about it and so for that reason i'm i lose it if i play chess with somebody who really knows how to play i am done for fast it's so interesting to me because this seems like a game full of Nothing but strategy. Yes. I should be good at this, and I'm not. (laughs) This is what I'm saying. My brain works well with strategy, but not chess. But I do enjoy it. 
Interesting. And that why I like I keep waiting for the aha moment, like when I'm playing to be like, oh, you know, if you've ever watched on Netflix The Queen's Gambit, by the way, great show. And and she lays in bed at night and she sees all the moves on the ceiling. Like I'm waiting for this kind of supernatural clearing of the mind to occur at some point when I'm playing <laughs> and I can actually see all the pieces moving. But in, you know, 44 and a half plus years, it hasn't happened yet. So maybe I shouldn't count on that coming. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. But <laughs> You're saying there's a chance. I like it. Thanks, my friend. (laughs) And that's the camaraderie question of the week. Okay, Alyssa, the last thing we're going to do on this week's episode is go over an exercise, an activity that bosses can use with their teams to get their input, to get the team connected to each other. Um, And it's built around three questions. Uh, This was an exercise that I did with my team last year. And I think you'll remember it because we did this on a virtual team meeting. And I call the exercise, Well, Better, Fun. And it's built around three questions. Do you remember doing this? I, I'm I'm having vague flashbacks. I'm sure I could find it in my notes if I tried. <laughs> it's it's been a while, and it was just a thing we did at the beginning of a of a Zoom group meeting to kind of okay. get us chatting and connecting, and and that's why I like this because it gets the team connected to pride in the work that they do, uh, the purpose behind the work that we do, while also getting them connected to each other. And then there's kind of this cool aspect of driving continual improvement. So I'm going to give everyone the three questions that I asked my team. And and here's what I asked them to do. Here's the facilitation instructions. Ask everybody on the team to grab a pen and paper and tell them you're going to ask them a question and that you want them to write their answer. Give them 30 to 60 seconds to write their first answer. Then ask the second question. Give 30 to 60 seconds for them to write their answer. And then the same with the third. Don't give them all three questions at once. You want to walk them through this. You want them to operate on a clear mind and to answer with the first things that come to their mind. So here were the three questions. Number one, what is something that we do really well that we should brag more about to our customers? People write down their answers. Question number two, what is something we could or should get better at? And then the third question, in the year ahead, I think it would be really fun if we, which I guess isn't really a question as much as it's a complete this statement. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we did this on our Zoom and then I went around and asked people to report out and we spent time on the first question. Everybody reported out. I made some notes. Because, you know, getting people to talk about what is something we do really well that we should brag more about, right? That connects people to the pride in their work. What, what do you see that we do well? Uh, but it also gives us some insight into maybe where we fall short at communicating the value we deliver to our clients or what sets us apart for our clients. If you run a, a, a medical practice or you run a consulting firm or, you know, you run a, a uh, an animal shelter, you, you still have to do marketing, right? You still have to put information out into the world about the ways in which you help people or serve a community or the the ways in which your product solves a problem for people. So this question actually may give you some insight and language into how to do that better. Yeah. And then the second question, what is something we could or should get better at? That I mean, that's a continuous improvement question. And instead of you sitting in front of your team and saying, you know, there are some things I think we should get better at. 
and then it becomes this kind of top-down imposing of improvement on the team, you get their input. And now if you start working on that thing, they have bought in because it has come up as something that the group identified potentially. Uh, and then in the year ahead, the third question in the year ahead, I think it would be really fun if we, you can just get a lot of, of cool ideas from that. You, you may get something related to the business, related to the work, or you may get something like, hey, I think it'd be really fun if we all went bowling together. Like who knows what's going to come out of that in terms of people's first blush thought. Yeah. Um, do you remember doing this now? Is it coming back to you? Yeah, I do remember doing it. Um, and I can I just say for a moment, like, this is why I love this show. Like, <laughs> I picture myself as sitting in my old, you know, corporate desk and, and taking these notes down and connecting. Okay. Oh, well, in this first segment, we just talked about the meetings that we, you know, we think are really important to have. Okay. So I made notes and I have my team meetings. Oh, I can do this. And then I could put these questions in one of those team meetings. Like we give you so much to think about and very tactical things and ways to orchestrate it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I asked everyone afterwards, so when we did this, it was entirely remote. We were all in our little Brady Bunch Zoom boxes. And um, after the discussion, I asked people what they thought of the exercise. And I wrote down what you all said. Um, I was told, I liked it because it helped me focus my thoughts. Another person said, they thought it was cool. It offered a place to share ideas and opinions and our thoughts and feelings. Um, One person said, It made me feel like I have influence and that I was really contributing individually. And then everyone agreed that it was really interesting to hear what others said, what their answers were to the question, and to see where there was a lot of alignment. Because in one or two Mm -hmm. questions, we got the same answer from everybody, which really is interesting, Yeah, I think. You know, I get asked a lot, as a leader, how do I inspire teams or how do I bring people together or how do I keep people invested? And it really is conversations like this that solicit people's input, that connect them to the mission, that bond people to each other. I think these three questions, there is a real sense of like us, we're all in this together in this conversation and in in the questions that are asked. And, and that's why I like this exercise. I call it well, better, fun. All right, friends, that's our show for this week. And hey, if you got something out of this, would you please share this episode on your favorite social media channel? Whether that's LinkedIn or Facebook or TikTok, just post about how much you like our show and encourage other people to check it out. By drawing people to our show, that helps us all collectively continue our mission of filling workplaces with better bosses. So if you share it, we'd be super grateful. In the meantime, Thanks for all that you do, Boss Heroes, to take care of so many. This show is sponsored by Joe Mall and Associates. Remember, commitment comes from better bosses. Visit joemall.com today.